how many people out there are just figuring it out as you go. Because I've been in that camp before and it feels exhausting because I don't know why I'm striving so hard. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing because if I don't have an end goal in mind, I'm working without a destination. I'm Chris. And I'm Kylie. And this is Redefining Resilience. Where we explore what it means to build a resilient lifestyle. So you can thrive in any and every situation. What happens when you hit your goals? Do you feel motivated and driven to get to the next one? Or do you feel lost and unguided? The difference is your ability to establish a vision for your life. Vision is the first of six domains of resilience, encompassing purpose, goals, and alignment. What do all those words mean? To be honest, I don't know. You wrote them down, so I just read them. (laughs) Well, in my mind, vision is having a sense of purpose, clear goals, clarity around your priorities that are based off of your goals, and the ability to make really good decisions based on where you're trying to go. Essentially, it's a filter for the decisions you make about how and where you spend your time and energy. In this episode, we'll outline the three major components to finding a vision. Purpose, goals, and alignment. We'll dive more deeply into each of those in future episodes. But for now, let's jump into the conversation, starting with the biggest misconception about goals. I think the biggest deal or the biggest concept with goals is that goals are not endpoints. Goals are flag posts on the way up the mountain. So you set goals to let you know you're headed in the right direction, that you're achieving the things that you need to achieve, that you're headed towards your purpose, and that it is still aligned with you as a person. And I think there's a common misperception that once you hit a goal, you're going to be happy. And it's actually called the arrival fallacy that as soon as you arrive at this goal, you're going to feel a certain way. And so we constantly keep chasing after goals for the for the fact of achieving success. But we don't actually find fulfillment a lot of times in chasing after those goals. And a lot of times it could be because you haven't clearly articulated your vision, the big picture. Why? Why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. So a lot of guys in the gym and gals in the gym that I work with will say, once I hit X, Y, Z, say a 400 pound bench press, like that, that is it. You know, what do you do after that? Several guys I've worked with have achieved things even as awesome as winning world's strongest man. But what happens after that? I could give you a real life example because I hit my goal weight and I've had this goal weight probably since I stopped weighing my goal weight in maybe high school, (laughs) which is centuries ago. And I hit my goal weight and now I'm like, okay, what, what now? What's my next goal? What do I do? And it feels like I'm going to the gym and I don't really have a purpose. I don't know why I'm working out. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as winning an event. You get to the end of this and you've worked really, really hard and you're standing on this podium with your trophy and it's really underwhelming. 
Yeah. Because you're expecting like fireworks to be going off behind you and like everything's fucking great and the world's worshiping you and like this is it. But it's just, an, it's literally just the same amount of seconds in the same day as everybody else. You're just doing something different. So the issue is if you don't have a purpose behind your goals, you're going to get there and you're going to get really demoralized because you're going to hold on to that trophy. You're going to hit that goal weight. You're going to achieve whatever sales process or promotion you wanted. And you're going to feel like the world is shut off around you. And I've had it happen to me. I won a powerlifting meet way back in the day. And I thought, man, this is the best thing ever. I hit my competition goal. And the minute I stepped off the platform, I felt like almost depressed. It's like, well, now what? Yeah, it's that it's that now what feeling that we're stuck with. And this is why we have to make this shift to enjoying the process of attaining the goal. Otherwise, it's all kind of meaningless. If we can shift to I really enjoy the process of achieving the goal, we are going to feel so much fulfillment in just executing the steps necessary to achieve the goal. And that's where I think the real happiness comes from when it comes to setting goals and attainment. And the hardest thing to do is change the habits that are equaling the outcome you have currently. Because what you do equals where you are. You already have a set of habits. We hear it all the time, January 1st, we're going to create these habits. You're in habits right now, bro. You're working. Your habits are what you do every day. You already have this massive list of habits that you do without even thinking about. And we'll go deeper into habits later on. But to understand that we're we're adding another habit and removing one gives you a little bit of grace of understanding how hard this concept really is. Think about how long it's taking you to establish the habits that you have today, good or bad. Right. Think about how frequently we are on our phones. I get a notification that says your average screen time was like three and a half hours last week and it's down from four hours and it's like, oh, God, cringe. But I didn't start out, you know, when I got a phone in high school, I didn't start out playing on my phone three hours, four hours a day, you know, because they didn't have that many features. So you could only play the snake game for so long (laughs) (laughs) or send a text message, which, by the way, costs like 25 cents. (laughs) And you only get like 100 a month. So I wasn't on my phone hardly at all to start out with. But the more features we add, right, it releases more dopamine. And now we get so much fulfillment out of checking a notification. And it's a dopamine waster. And so we've got to take inventory on how how we're spending our time, what our habits look like, and whether or not these are productive and demonstrating our commitment to our goals or whether or not they're getting in the way of our goals. And when we go back to this concept of vision, think of doing a puzzle. And I did this during our COVID quarantine. I got this murder mystery puzzle that I thought was going to be so much fun. And it's a murder mystery puzzle, so they don't give you an image of what the final picture is supposed to look like because once you put the puzzle together, you can solve the murder mystery. And so I am doing a puzzle 
with no clue what the final picture is supposed to look like. And it's like executing your day without knowing what the end goal or what our destination is going to look like. And you can do it. I mean, I did it. I got the puzzle together. It took a whole hell of a lot longer, though, because I had no idea what went where and why. And I'm doing my best just to group pieces that kind of look alike together and figuring it out as I go. And I'm wondering how many people out there are just figuring it out as you go because I've been in that camp before and it feels exhausting because I don't know why I'm striving so hard. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing because if I don't have an end goal in mind, I'm working without a destination. Well, it's the same analogy as a roadmap, right? So I would have these jobs before what I do now. And I would always sit down with my higher ups and I'd say, okay, so what's my roadmap? And they would look at me like I had three heads. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, your goal is X, Y, Z. I'm like, okay, so what happens after that? Because once I get there, because I know I will, what the hell am I doing after that? What's my expectation after this? What's this goal we have is for what purpose? I actually had a conversation with a guy in the gym before we came here. He was doing this goofy workout. He goes, have you ever done these? And I said, no, man, I have no idea what those are for. I see y'all do them all the time. If you feel like they're helping you out. I said, do the people that do this, have they achieved something that you want? Do they look like you want to look? Are they as strong as you want to be? And he just, he just chuckled. And I said, well, there's your answer, man. If these people aren't ahead of the game on the road that you want to be on, why the fuck are you wasting your time? Like I made it a purpose and I'm not perfect at this, but I challenged myself hard when I opened my gym was to find the best power lifters on the planet and pick their brain, do what they did, find out how they got there, follow their roadmap because they've already done it. They've beaten the path. So they're going to help me ignore all the stuff that doesn't matter. And then I can learn from their mistakes. But a lot of times without a purpose behind it, i.e. I wanted to be the strongest version of me, or I wanted to be a professional at this, labeled a professional in as many strength sports as I can get my hands on, I needed to be around the people that were the best and, and build that roadmap for myself. Well, and I think of the roadmap as your goal setting, right? That That's yeah. your path to get there. I mean, if you look at how you climb Everest from base camp, there are points that everybody hits that are markers, goals to the top of the mountain. There's not a baseline and then top of the mountain and figure that shit out on the way up. Yeah. There's literally a map of how to climb Everest. And that's exactly what we're doing every day. We're taking one step in the direction to the peak. So first step in the process is identifying your purpose. Why, why are you here? So when we think about our own individual personal whys, and if you haven't read the book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, it's a great read. Starting with why is so essential because it's what's going to keep you motivated. It's what's going to keep you motivated and going and committed to your process when it gets hard. And so I think about my own personal why, and I'll share mine, but 
I'm curious, Chris, what's your personal why? Why are you doing what you're doing? So I realized a long, <clears throat> long time ago, kind of gets me choked up actually, that there are <laughs> you people on this You do not want to see planet. him ugly cry, it's by the gross. way. Uh, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I realized a long time ago that there are people on this planet that just need guidance, right? They need to see somebody achieve it. And I used to watch Rocky Four when I was a kid. I still get tingles at the end of that movie. When Ivan Drago is getting pounded on by Rocky Balboa and he finally like cuts his face and they all freak out because he's actually human. Like, I, I don't understand how you don't get tingles with that analogy first off. But because I dumped my passion into this, I was uniting people that just felt like life had no purpose. They would get excited because I was excited. And I thought, man, that I don't know what the hell this is, but it's it's helping people live a better life because I'm helping people change their viewpoint of themselves, right? It's my job as a trainer and a coach to build a roadmap to get you to there. So all you have to do is take that drive and intensity and do something with it. But the more I do this and the more I compete and the more I train, the more I understand that we're given certain talents in life. And I want people to realize how awesome life is when you're running at 100%. Yeah, I think mine's pretty similar. I want to help people find happiness. I think that society has polarized viewpoints of work. And some people either love work but don't think that they can make a ton of money if they love their job. And then the other side of it is I can have a ton of money if I grind, grind, grind and hustle all day. And it's a lie. We can have both. I'm living proof that it's possible. And I want to teach others that they don't have to grind and be miserable and just suffer through work day in and day out working crazy hours because it it can be done. And actually, when you're performing at the highest level, you have a strong sense of balance. And when you have that balance, you can do even more than what you thought possible because you're no longer working harder. You're working smarter and more efficient. And I've taken lots of behavioral assessments and my number one motivator is efficiency. So I try to find the most effective way and efficient way to get from point A to point B. And through that, I've learned a ton. And I've done so much personal development myself and thought to myself like, I wish I could just teach people everything I know so they don't have to take as long to learn <laughs> what I've had to learn. So my personal why is helping people get to their highest potential. And I love to see the potential that everybody has inside of them. And it's up to you to want to tap into that highest potential. And I love working with people that have this growth mindset and a high propensity for self-actualization. And I know, Chris, you do too. And that's why we love what we do. Because if if I can find people that want to grow and learn, I will invest all my time and energy in you. Well, I think that's a really important point 
because I think, well, I don't think I know in today's society, anybody that's very driven and has high self-actualization is probably going to be looked at as arrogance or self-consumed or a jerk or, uh, you know, just rude. All in, Ego. In, yeah, it has a high ego, right? So I think there, there's, it's very important to separate the two. I do not have time for somebody with 100% ego in the world that I'm in. So the reason I love the gym is it's the great equalizer. 225 is always 225. You can have the biggest ego in the world. And unless you've put in the work, it's going to show instantly. The minute you touch the weight, it's going to show. So the most humble people I work with are the strongest because they understand that they're far more capable than most. So the reason I like working, and I know that Kylie likes working with your high performers, is we're not we're not brushing shoulders with a bunch of ego. Not that ego's bad, but we're brushing shoulders with people that understand that they're performing higher than most and they want to be pushed at a level that's higher than most. So you're going to separate yourself from people that don't want to perform or don't understand performing. I tell my clients all the time or new clients until the disparity of where you are and where you want to go is big enough, is almost painful, then I can't help you. So a lot of the times the, the people we work with under, have that disparity. It's painful for them. They want it. They see themselves so far down the line of growth and change and development that they don't like that, the, the gap, right? They see the vision, you yeah, mean? Yeah, right, right. They have a vision. It's crazy how it correlates. <laughs> we're, back, we're back to where we started, full circle. There you go. Now, we talked about the third component of vision. We have purpose. We have goals. We've talked about both of those. The last part is alignment. And when I think of alignment, I think of just being your true authentic self. And to be your true authentic self, you've got to have self-awareness around what you value. So your your values at your core, a.k.a. core values. So I think of this as the how of how we get to live out our purpose, how we achieve our goals. How do I want to be? How do I want to behave? How do I want to show up? How do I want to act along the way that will keep me in alignment to my true self? And We'll dig into core values in a later episode, but for now, we'll share our core values so you have an idea of what this looks like for both of us. And it doesn't mean that you don't value other things. It means that these are what you value the highest. For me, my core values are fun, integrity, learning, and achievement. Every time I make a decision, I factor those things in. Like when I book a, a trip, my filter is, is this going to be a fun trip? Am I going to learn something? Will I be able to achieve something? I took a trip to St. Louis to get a certification. That was a learning and achievement trip. I am taking a trip. Well, we are taking a trip to Niagara Falls to go see a comedian. And, yeah. and that one's going to be a fun one. Might not learn anything on that trip, but it's definitely going to be fun. So I think about these core values in every decision that I make. And when I'm operating in alignment to my core values, everything just seems to be 
clicking easier and I'm firing on all cylinders. And those words mean a whole lot to me. They may not mean a whole lot to somebody listening, but those are the words that I've chosen to represent me in life. So, Chris, what are your core values? Well, first off, I probably would not have labeled these without you. Um, I walked him through a core values exercise when we first started dating. Yeah. He didn't know what I was doing, though. That was good. It was sneaky, sneaky way to set goals and core values. Anyways. I also gave him a behavioral assessment so I could psychoanalyze him to see if I wanted to keep him around. He passed. That was good. Skin of my teeth kind of passed, but I passed. <laughs> so the reason why I think these are important and they're important to label is because I would find myself in situations with work or my personal life and something that was happening was just flying all over me. Like I, I could not handle the issue or the thing that was in the room with me. Like it, it just crawled under my skin. And it was because they were brushing up against or going the opposite direction of my core values. I, I always think of it as like somebody pressed the integrity button or somebody pressed the fill in the blank button, but it was always because somebody agitated or didn't demonstrate or demonstrated the opposite of one of my core values. I just think of it as somebody pressed that button in me. Yeah, and it makes sense then to understand why it's important to list them, to dig into what's going on. I did a lot of journaling in my life, have done a lot, will continue to, uh, to find these out. And it, at the points in change in my life with the, that were the most uh, beneficial were whenever I figured out a portion of my core value. What's something that I will not compromise on because I can't. And mine it worked out to be learning, intentionality, growth, and trust. If I can learn while I'm executing these things and I'm intentional about what I do, very intentional about my workouts, I'm intentional about my time with my daughters, my time with my dogs, my time with Kylie, you know, these podcasts, what we're doing in our business, the more intentional I am, the more it fuels me because it's a core value of mine. Uh, growth and trust. Uh, I trust the clients I'm with. I trust Kylie. I trust my daughters. Uh, I trust the dogs. I do occasionally. I trust them to be frustrating sometimes. <laughs> I trust them to be brats all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, if I have those in my life, those people around me that I trust and I know are pushing me to grow, I feel ignited because those are core values of mine. Before we wrap up today, we need to talk about priorities. You know what's interesting? The root of the word priority, well, priorities, priority, prioritize, all comes from having one priority. I love this. Here in America, <laughs> we have adapted the word to be plural so that we have more than one focus because this ADHD culture of ours needs to have so many things going on at one time. And we have adapted this word to mean multiple different priorities. Well, if you have multiple different priorities, then you don't have one that is really, truly guiding you. We don't have an A priority. Yeah. 
meaning the number one thing you need to spend your time on. My favorite expression to remind clients and myself is that if everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. You can't focus on everything. You have to choose one thing at a time to tackle. So when you're goal setting, it doesn't make sense to have 22 goals because you're going to have 22 stories of failure that go along with it. Because realistically, you might be able to accomplish one or two of those things. Well, if you look at like athletes at the top level, they're not trying to be the number one basketball player and the number one badminton player. They're focused on basketball. And item. Their priority is the best basketball player. If I run a business and I want to do be the best at 17 different things, I'm going to be really shitty at 17 things, or I'm going to be really mediocre at 17 things. I'm going to get burnt out. But if I'm really good at one, it's going to be a whole lot easier to compound off of that. Priorities help us stay focused and tell us what's most important. So when you think about how priorities plays a role within this vision domain, we have the big picture vision. We've got goals that we've set our benchmarks along the way. And then your priorities are how we manage our time and our actions effectively so that we are attaining the goals. So you really only can have a few priorities in any given day that are outside of your normally scheduled programming. I.e., what am I going to do with my time that's going to push me towards my goal the most effectively should be a priority or what your priorities are as opposed to just being busy. The official Google definition of priority is the fact or condition of being regarded or treated as more important. This alone is how we connect to our vision. If our vision is the most important thing to us, that is the priority. And so our actions on a daily basis should align with us getting to our vision someday. So one question you can ask yourself if you're debating whether or not you spend your time doing that thing is, does this get me closer to my goal or does it distract me? So one example that we could give to help this concept come to life, Chris, you've got a competition coming up in February. And let's say somebody asks you, to go grab drinks on a Friday night. And you're debating between should I go grab drinks on a Friday night or should I stay home and read this book about human movement? So if I'm putting that through the filter of what is my priority? Well, your vision is to become the strongest man and... You're thinking, okay, which one of these is a priority for me? Well, is one of those going to get you closer to your goal, to the vision? Well, that's a beautiful part about having that vision is it becomes a no contest. It's, do I go out drinking and uh, have a good time for five or six hours and pay the cost of that for not being able to train for 48 hours or 24 hours? Absolutely not. I'm not giving up 48 hours for five hours of fun. 
or something that sounds like it might be fun at the cost of reaching my goal. Like there's no contest. I mean, very easy to say no. Now, let's say it's a prospective client that asks you to go grab drinks. Does that change anything for you? Uh, not really. I mean, I want to have the client, yes. But the vision, the overall goal I have set is to compete in February. And if I say no to training now, it's going to open up the door to make it easier to say no later, which waters down my goal, waters down my drive for my goal. So in this example, it gives Chris the ability to make decisions very easily because, you know, in the back of our minds, we might say, oh, well, you know, I got to go drink because it's with clients or it's with prospects. But at the end of the day, if that vision is the main priority, because realistically there can only be one, all decisions will stem from that vision being the most important thing. And it's really freeing too, because it gives you purpose. Like you're not just haphazardly wasting your time anymore. Each moment is a moment to get closer to the goal or do something that allows you a larger bandwidth later on to work harder towards the goal. Let's say, for example, the friend or, you know, somebody asks you to go di to dinner. I mean, it's different because leaving my house to go consume food that I'd be consuming at my house doesn't change the path that I'm headed on, right? So consuming with you at home reading a book or with a buddy at a, a restaurant isn't really all that different because I can control what's happening. You know, it still fits inside the guideline and it doesn't remove my ability to do things later on because this is all about building bandwidth, right? So if you look at your body as a cup of water and only has so much water in it and every time I do something I'm shaking the cup so my lifts are very strenuous my workouts so I'm removing a lot of water I need to spend as much time as I can putting water back in that cup so I can spend it where it needs to be spent the most allocated the best in the future so I understand that consuming food is going to put water back in that cup having a good conversation with a friend, putting water back in that cup, going out and drinking beer, staying up till midnight, that's taking water from that cup. So it's counterproductive. But it's only easy to see those two and the correlation to my goal because I have a vision. Thanks for listening to Redefining Resilience. To learn more about building your mental and physical readiness, check out odysseyresilience.org. And follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok.